Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And original i don't like it when i hear my my wife is filipino that's uh-huh. why you know I'm, I'm here and i got yeah. it no that's not why you're here mm-hmm. the show is funny yeah what i've learned this is what i've learned about anything now is that if you are prepared mm-hmm. you'll be okay it's taking over my dreams waking me out of my sleep i think i'm coming apart Hi, this is Margaret Cho. You're listening to The Margaret Cho, where we talk to people you know and people you should know. And today, our guest is somebody you know. It's Joe Coy. Coming out of the dark, coming out of the dark, coming out of the dark. Yeah, coming out of the dark. Thanks for coming. Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> it's so weird because I haven't seen you. Comics, we never get to see each other. Mm-mm. We either see each other at the clubs mm-hmm. or I meet my friends or my other comic friends in connecting flight hubs. Oh, God, yeah. So it's like, oh, we see yeah. each other at Cinnabon in Cincinnati. Yeah. And then Charlotte. we talk about where we're going. Yeah. 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 I would always see comics at the airport on Sunday. <laughs> That's another thing. Is yeah, the baggage claim. You see comics at the baggage claim, yeah. or you just see. I mean, it's like because we have the same schedule, which is not like everybody else. We are like usually. What do you? What day do you leave town? I usually leave Thursday. I leave Thursday, and then um, you're back Sunday. So mm. that's our work week. Yep, and that's it. I don't really do sets in town that much. I know they always ask too, and it, and I feel bad because it's like I, I don't want them to think I'm being like Hollywood. <laughs> like, oh no, I can't do that. It's like. This is the only time I have with my son, you yeah. know? I've, I've been gone since Thursday all the way to Sunday. Right. I need to be with my son tonight. Right, right. I can't have another night not with my son. It kills me. Are you from L.A.? Nope. Where are you from? I'm from, uh, well, I'm a military kid. Mm-hmm. And then I call Seattle my home because that's where okay. I stayed most of my life. Mm-hmm. And then Vegas is where I started my comedy career. Oh, wow. So I call Vegas my second home. I like I have a home there, too. Yeah. So you started comedy in Las Vegas? Yeah. Where? At a coffee house. Oh, But wow. actually, to be honest, I started at a, a in a talent show that my sister was on, and everyone was going to see her. Uh-huh. And I lied on the application, because you had to be 21 to join. Okay. And I was only 18. Uh-huh. And I, I, I grew my muscle. It took me a while to grow the baby hair on my upper lip. And I, <laughs> I colored it in with my mom's mascara. Wow. Yeah. And I wore like these uh, herringbone pants and a tie. I was so scared that they were going to kick me out of the bar. Uh-huh. And my heart was pounding. Like It was like every time the waitress walked up and asked if I wanted something, I'd go, just coke i'm good because oh, wow. i didn't want to get kicked out yeah and then uh and then i got on stage bomb so bad mm. 
it was just the worst time. And the lady at the bar was just like, you should just get off or something like that. You oh, know no. I mean? Yeah, because I wouldn't get off. Yeah. I didn't know how. I thought yeah. I was supposed to, oh, I'm supposed to end with laughter. So, right. And I kept going and going. And then I was doing a horrible joke about condoms. And I, I go, my mouth is getting really dry right now. And then she goes, maybe you should put I'm telling you, this woman crushed that night. She should have been on the show. She goes, maybe you should put one of them condoms on your tongue. Oh. <laughs> and then everyone started laughing. And I'm like, hey, yeah. And she goes, or maybe just get off. <laughs> it was, oh, like, it was no. the worst. Worst environment, and I, I I followed a Lionel Richie impersonator uh-huh. who crushed it. Yeah, and I and I sat right next to him. I don't know why I didn't leave the bar. I stayed yeah. till the end. Well, of the, you know, you wanted to see. I know, and then but he said the be- the most beautiful thing, Margaret, and I and I tell this story to everybody. He goes, "Hey, man, I will say this about you: you got some presence on that stage." Ooh, yes, and it always stuck with me. Like mm. I, I I wish this guy would just like stumble into like a podcast and and just recognize this story and yeah i would love to like hug him or whatever that's so nice yeah because it, it literally was like career ending for me like i i really thought there's no way i could do this right. there's just no way yeah it was so scary i mean my heart was pounding out of my chest my my mouth just went completely dry the minute i got on stage what kind do you remember any jokes it was that just you... all dirty jokes yeah that's was, okay uh, yeah. kissing a girl <laughs> like uh Taking a girl out, just basic, stupid stuff. <laughs> it's good, though. Yeah. It's good. I mean, it's like when that, the very beginning like that, how do we even know how to write jokes? It's like we don't yeah. even really know. Mm-mm. Because it's so hard to even understand what a joke is from watching comedy because yeah. everybody has a different kind of method. Yeah. And it's very difficult to sort of like uh, translate that into like doing it for yourself. Yeah. How did you know you wanted to do comedy? Oh, I wanted to be a comic. In 1981, when I saw Delirious, I was like, okay, that's it. Yeah. That's what I'm going to be. 1985, I bought tickets to uh, Raw with mm-hmm. my mom's credit card. Mm-hmm. It was at Key Arena. I was 15 rows from the stage. Wow. And it was the greatest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. I was just like, I, I can't put Paul Mooney open for him. Oh, okay. I'm living in Seattle. I'm 15. The only stand-up I've ever seen is Comic Relief. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Uh, Cosby. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? Robin Williams live at the Met. Mm-hmm. Whoopi Goldberg, which I could not stop watching man the later years yours mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. um but there was no internet right there's nothing so when i saw paul mooney my, my head exploded he had this pink fedora on i'm here to see eddie murphy and and here's this guy sitting on the stool with like the coolest tone yeah which is like the most stuff i've never heard before i can't even explain it no it's with, with it paul mooney's explain. extreme confidence because he would uh he, he would just really like break it down and, and, you know, he would lean back and he would sit on the stool yeah. and it was like, you know, you never saw a comedian just have that like ease. Nope. He wasn't intimidated at all at by anything. All. And talked about everybody and mm-hmm. shot him down mm-hmm. with the most amazing confidence and then laugh at him. So like that, yeah. that beautiful smile that he yeah, has. Yeah, he would and, really laugh at him. And then you'd laugh at him. And then I'm just <laughs> so like, great. what am I watching right now? Yeah, he's a real master. It was the greatest. I actually worked for Eddie Murphy. My first like acting job was for the television show version of um, House Party. Really? <laughs> you know the Kid and Play yeah. movie? Um, they actually made a pilot, a TV show for it with Chris Cross was in it. And I like your smile. Was it Brandy? Brandy. Yeah. <laughs> I love your smile. Yeah. Was it Brandy? Or Monica? Maybe it was Monica. No, no, that was Brandy. Okay, that was Brandy. There was also, I think Monica was on it too. And it was the show that they had done after What's Alan Watching? You know, this was like, 
Eddie Murphy's one of his first things for his uh, like big production deal. Uh-huh. It ended up, ended up not going, but it was with Ed Lover and Dr. Dre instead of... So crazy. Yeah, instead of Kid and Play. Yeah. What was your first TV thing? Well, my very first TV thing was... Mm-hmm. Uh, God, was it The Apollo? No, it was BET's Comic View. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, BET's Comic View. That's great. But the way I got it was crazy. Because mm-hmm. I was it? working at the Dolphin Habitat and I was doing tours. <laughs> Have you the Dolphin Habitat, the Mirage? Okay, I know you've seen it. Yeah, of course. And so I was a tour guide, and I oh, and, and literally I did it because I wanted to be in front of a mic because they didn't do like open mics in Vegas. Right. It was so funny because uh, one of the girls I was working with, she was like, "Hey, BET has a show, and they're doing a, a show at the Country Star uh-huh. uh, restaurant." I'm like, "What?" And I and I asked my manager, "I go, please let me go. I got to go to this." And, yeah. And, and I don't know about you, but if you ever been in the summer. In Vegas, it's a hundred and it's very hot. It's yes. one hundred and fifteen, mm-hmm. and I'm wearing a polo and khakis and high mm-hmm. socks because that's the uniform. And I yeah. literally had to drive all the way to my house. I grabbed a suit, didn't even take a shower, and put the suit on. Mm-hmm. No AC in my car. Wow! And drove all the way back because I wanted to like see if they'll just throw me on stage. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to look presentable. Yeah. I don't want my dog. So I, I I walked all the way to the to the front and the security guard, I was like, hey, I'm a comic and I do a lot of stuff here locally in town and is there any way I could just uh, meet the promoter? Maybe I can go up, mm. warm the crowd up. And the security guard was like, yeah, let me go get the promoter. <laughs> Never in my life have I seen a, the most helpful security guard. That's great. And That's he was like, great. I'll be right back. And then I stood by the door and he went and got the promoter. Her name was Yvette Anderson. I don't know if you ever know, mm-hmm. but she, uh, she used to do a lot of shows here in LA. And she walked up to the door and she was like, oh, unfortunately, we already got the shows booked. But would you like to come in and watch? Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I'd love to come in and watch. And I'm, all I know is here I am watching the, the comics that I've seen on BET. Yeah. And I'm sitting and all of them are late. Yeah. Every single one of them. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And she walked up to me and she's like, everyone's late. We don't know where they're at right oh. now. Do you want to go up? Wow. And they were booing. People were like getting mad because oh. they were like 30 minutes late. Yeah. And she goes, do you want to go? I was like, yes. And so she goes, yeah, I'll put it. I'll set it up. Let me set up. And you go up and just do like five minutes or, or until we wave you off. Mm-hmm. I was like, done. And uh, I got a standing O. That's incredible. Yeah, I got it on video. And uh, and the guy on the side of the stage, he was like uh, his, uh, one of the comics. His name's Bo P. One of the guys that was late. Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes, uh, "Have you ever done Comic View?" I go, "No." He goes, "You about to?" And then he looked at Yvette. He was like, "Yvette, you need to make that phone call. Get this guy on a uh, Comic View." And I was on Comic View like two weeks later. That's incredible. Yeah, it was crazy. That's really great. Mm-hmm. Well, so it's very meant to be. Yeah. They don't really have that anymore. Like, nope. they usually just, like, you've had specials. But, like, back then, like, you would do, like, these, like, TV show yep. spots. Would you, what other TV shows did you do? I did that. I got the Apollo. The um, Showtime at the Apollo. Like the, you want to know how I got that one? No. This I, one's Yeah, cool I want to know. Yeah. All right. So, um, I, I start making friends because I got on BET's Comic View. So, then I started meeting a lot of black comics. Mm-hmm. And there was a circuit. You know, like now you can, you know, it doesn't matter what color you are. Yeah. You, you just get on. But back then it was like there was a black circuit. There was a Latino circuit. Yeah. There was theme shows. And mm-hmm. and so I was on this thing called the Black College Comedy Tour. Mm. And they would package black comics. But the schools, the colleges always wanted diversity. You can't bring all black comics. You need to have right. one guy. Yeah. And I was that one guy. Oh, okay. So I was the white guy. I was the Asian guy. I was the Mexican <laughs> guy. I was the other. Yes. Right. 
And so, uh, so I started meeting all these comics. One of them was Honest John. I don't know if you remember Honest John, but he was oh. he was big on Comic View, uh-huh. and uh, and he was doing uh, Def Jam. He was doing Def mm-hmm. Jam on the road. Okay. And he, uh, we became friends. He took me to Korea, opened for him, and he goes, "I'm gonna put you on Def Jam, man." Oh, white guy. He's a white yeah. guy, and he goes, "I'm gonna put you on Def Jam. I'm gonna tell Bob Sumner about you, man. You real good cat." And I go, oh, I appreciate." It. I go, thank you so much, Jonas. And he goes, he goes, when I come to Vegas, I'm gonna give you a call. When I when I call you, come you come backstage, I'm gonna introduce you to Bob Sumner. He's gonna, he gonna put you up, man. I go, thank you. So he calls. He's a man of his word. He calls me. I I, I roll up, he takes me backstage, and Bob Sumner's there. And Bonus John's like, put him up, man. He's so good, man. I'm telling you, you're gonna smash this thing, man. Just put him up. And Bob goes, Well, I've never seen him before. So tell you what, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give you five minutes. But we're going to leave all the house lights on because we're still ushering <laughs> oh, everybody in. Not uh-huh. everyone's in their seats yet. So just go go up on stage and do about five minutes. But here's the thing. I don't want you to say, welcome to Def Jam. Uh, are you guys ready for Def Jam? And when you say goodnight, just say, I'm Joe Coy. Don't say, enjoy the show. Don't uh-huh. say any of that. Uh-huh. Just say your name and do your set and then get off. And and we're not going to open the curtain. Oh. <laughs> I go, what? And my sister's right next to me and her, and her husband. And then he walks off. Oh, they were going to open the curtain just a little bit so I could crawl through like a mouse hole. He didn't want me to stand in front of the Def Jam set. Oh, uh-huh. So basically, if I suck, I'm not part of Def Jam. Yeah. And then the stage manager heard him say that and he Ooh. waited till Bob left. And then the stage manager was like, look, I'm going to turn the house lights down. Like, that's not cool. Yeah. Don't tell them. But yeah. when you're out there, I'm going to turn the house lights yeah, down. And I was like, thank good. you that's so good. much. And uh, yeah, because you said like yeah, the house is like almost full. Like uh-huh. He's like, he's he's tripping. We're going to bring the house lights down. So they the two guys open up the curtain, make a little mouse hole for me. Uh-huh. And I just walk out onto the stage. Aww. No announcement. No nothing. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, everyone, I'm Joe Coy. <laughs> and I kill, man. I get a standing O. That's great. I get a standing O. My sister is like crying. Like, oh, my God, that was so good. That was so good. <laughs> Bob Sum- Sumner standing there next to Rudy Rush. Mm-hmm. And Rudy Rush, he's going to be the MC for that night. Yeah. For, and, and and he goes, who's this motherfucker? <laughs> and Bob's like, oh, and Honest John's like, my friend Joe Coy. He's like, Bob, why the fuck did you put him on before me? Aww. Put that motherfucker in the middle of the show. Look at that shit. Aww, I got to go up to that. Like, what the <laughs> fuck, man? And then Bob's like, I didn't know if he was funny or not, man. <laughs> he's like, well, fuck, man. Next time you got to time. Like, I look for it. He was just yelling at Bob. And then he looked at me. He goes, you ever do the Apollo? Uh-huh. I go, man, it's my dream to do the, do the Apollo. He goes, I'm going to have a manager call you. I swear to God. That's amazing. Two weeks later, I'm doing the Apollo. Was it the amateur hour thing? Uh, it was kind or of, the, it, uh... They did this thing called, it was during amateur night, uh-huh. but then they didn't want the comedians anymore yeah. to battle with the uh, singers and dancers. Okay. So they separated it and called it comedy night oh, okay. on the Apollo. Yeah, because that was always the hardest one for comics. Oh, yeah. It's so tough to go up against the singers yeah. and- they never yeah. gave you a chance. Yeah. It takes more than a few seconds. With a singer, yeah. it's a little bit... They'll give you a chance as soon as they hear it. Here's the uh, uh, the stat sheet on the Apollo booze. Uh-huh. Let me just give you... Okay. Just, I'll give you a couple of names. Okay. Lauren Hill mm-hmm. <laughs> got booed. Uh-huh. Um, Neo. Oh, wow. Neo's group got booed. Wow. Are you kidding me? That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Luther. 
Oh no! Luther no. goes like, oh. and then and then on the, I'm on the side. Oh, the guy before me is getting booed. Oh no! And I'm on the side of the stage, and the and the the stage manager walks up and he goes, "All right, man." <laughs> He's so full of shit. He goes, "All right, man. It's a good crowd out there." I'm like for for who? Ooh, yeah. For who, sir? And then he goes, "Are you ready?" I go, "No, I'm not ready." Yeah. But I'll go out. But I'm not ready. Mm-hmm. And he goes, "You're gonna have fun. They're gonna love you. Hit them hard. Hit them fast." And don't forget to rub that stump. Yeah, you better rub the stump. Yeah. He you goes, can't rub forget. that stump, you man. You can't forget. He goes, you walk past that, you already lost, bro. Yeah. Rub that That's stump. That's really important. Uh-huh. It's really important. I put both my hands on it. Yeah. I mean, you have to. Yeah. I mean, was this before or after Steve Harvey was hosting? It was, probably... it was after Steve. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's an intense thing. Is, do they still have that show on? Is it still on? No, now it's kind of like very uh, Hollywood style. Now it's more... Whereas back then, it was like it yeah. was like raw. Yeah. It's like a couple cameras in there. You were really capturing... It was... Yeah, the show was already happening. It wasn't there for to be televised. Yeah. It just, they just happened to they be there. They just happened to have it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, a different approach mm-hmm. because it's not like kind of very carefully curated like a, an America's Got Talent or American yeah. Idol or something, mm-hmm. you know, where the show is a spectacle. Yeah. The show was in progress and you just happened to be there with a the camera. Yeah, there were no judges. Mm-hmm. No judges, but no the celebrity audience. judges. Mm-hmm. The most famous judge was the lady in the white. Yeah. Yep, that's it. She was just always like right in the middle, right oh. in the front, and kind of like decided your fate. Yeah. But oh, that's and cool. Sandman. And Sandman. Oh, the Sandman. The tap dancer. Well, he would kind of come out when it was already decided. If it was bad. If it was already bad. He would come out and tap dance. He was going <laughs> to. He was gonna come out. You never a, have you seen with it with a hook. Oh, with a hook. It, 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 if you're bombing, he the Sandman. He looks. He's dressed up like a hobo, but he can dance. He can mm-hmm. tap his ass off, and basically, so everyone's booing. So he's got to save the show. So he starts sweeping you off, and then he, he starts tap dancing, and then the crowd's oh, there you go. Yeah. There's talent. And then they start to show back over again. It's actually yeah. a brilliant idea, though. It is. It is a kind of. It's a very mystical figure to come out. Yeah. And banish you yeah. from the stage. Yeah. So whenever you would do these shows, did you do like the other shows that were, did you do like The Tonight Show and I, all those? I didn't get The Tonight Show until 15 years into my career. That went through a bunch of eras, you know, like when I was around like in the late 80s, early 90s, people really wanted to do it before Johnny Carson retired. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the major push. It's like yeah. we have a few chances left. Yeah. And then it became a different show altogether but uh, I did it a couple times as an actor but Mm. not as a comedian I did it once as a comedian and I bombed really bad because it was like so really it was very weird because I was not I was sort of Uh fast-tracked through and it was not the same as like most comics getting on there but you you and that whole crew changed like stand-up like if you were a comedy fan as a kid like me like in 81 82 for me to be a com- stand-up comedy fan was kind of like very rare. It mm-hmm. was kind of like not the hip thing to do as mm-hmm. a, as a kid. Yeah. So so for me to be a fan, my my role models or, or my people that I was watching were already older people. Right. right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I was being inspired by like you know the well Eddie was young, but you know like yeah. Richard and and, mm-hmm. and it was an older thing, and older people went to watch it. Right. You know what I mean? Definitely. And then your class came. Mm-hmm. And that was cool. It was cool. Like I comedy in the nineties was came, very cool. Man, when you guys came onto the scene, it was over with. I was yeah. like, ooh. And then and then the fact that I got to see 
you, mm-hmm. you know, was like so inspiring. Uh, inspiring. I was just like, oh my god, yeah. so Asians can do this. Asians can do this, and yeah. it's really and important. not only do it, but crush it. Yeah, like you were crushing it. It's really important. It's really good too because it's sort of like shows that we also are here as Asian Americans. Mm-hmm. You know, it really shows that. I think like when um, you know you're touching on things like family and the differences between us and our parents, mm-hmm. then it's like a very, it's a very earthy kind of yeah. thing. It's an earthy movement. You're the first one to like show people the inside of a, an Asian household. Yeah. But not do it in a way where we're like, you got to be Korean to get this. So, yeah. you, know, you know what I mean? The, you know, the yeah. difference between Koreans and white people, you know what I mean? And black people and Korean. Yeah. You didn't do that. You were mm-hmm. like, hey, this is my mom and you're going to love her. Yeah. And you're also going to relate to her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what I loved so much about you. And it, and it took me years to figure out how to talk about my mom. Because mm. I didn't want to be that guy where I was like, Filipinos do this. Yeah. I wanted to be able to have that organic conversation mm-hmm. and, and, and talk about my mom. Right. And respect her. Yeah. Not make fun of her. What was the first joke you told about your mom? It was an accident. Because one, I was just scared to talk about my mom. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do it. I, I just felt like it was... At home or if I'm at work, it's easy. It's mm-hmm. like, yo, my mom did this and I go into character and people loved it. Yeah. But when I got on stage, I was like, I can't. Yeah. Like, I don't know these people in the audience. You know, when I, when you're at work, you're comfortable. They know right. me. But at, I, I, on stage, I'm like, oh, man, I, I don't want to explain this world yet. They, they don't know who I am yet. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I just went the easy route all the time. I mm-hmm. always went the easy route. And then all of a sudden, I bought the Wii for my son. Uh-huh. And my mom... Uh, was addicted to the Wii. Oh, yeah, yeah. To the point where, like, we were getting annoyed with my mom. Uh-huh. Like, we couldn't, like, she m- turned her TV room into a Wii room. Uh-huh. My son and her would play forever. She yeah. Would, she would talk trash, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? She'd always want to challenge everyone to, to Wii. It was cute, mm-hmm. but I went on stage and talked about it, mm-hmm. and uh, and it was over with. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I can do this. Yeah. This is easy. I just got to <laughs> tell the story. That's good. And that was it. And my punchline was game over. <laughs> and and when I said game over, people went crazy. And uh, I wrote that in New York, by the way. Mm-hmm. It was at, uh, I forgot the name of the club, but I remember doing it. And I remember when I did game over. Because that's what she would say when <laughs> she would win. Game over. She would always go, game over. She would always do Aww. that. So I, uh, I, I I did that and I made shirts and everything. That's great. But I remember when I landed that, that punchline, the game over, I remember going, this is going to be good on my special. Yeah. Like, I was so excited. Yeah. I was so excited to put it in there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, up until then, I was never talking about my mom. Mm-hmm. I was just scared. When we finally like find that place where we can talk about our parents, it's really like, uh, oh, that's our legacy. Mm-hmm. That's our legacy as Asian American comedians yeah. yep. is that. And it's really important. But you know what? This is what's kind of annoying me now, Margaret, mm-hmm. is like, like we're in a place now it's not even about being Asian American anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like you and I and and and, and the others, you know, the, the Rob Schneiders and and all the other cats that have etched their their signature in in, in entertainment and yeah. stand up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's not even about us being Asian anymore. It's like we're comedians, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. it's not even a color anymore. And it's like. Yeah. And like you've proven that, mm-hmm. like you have a legendary HBO special, and not only that, <laughs> but your fan base is ridiculous. It's diversified. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with your culture, or your ethnicity. Right. You're just funny, and yeah. funny is funny. Yeah. And that's it. Which is great. I, I'm sorry I get kind of excited about it, or kind of mm-hmm. like like in my tone and my voice is like, 
like I'm upset. I'm not upset, but I just I don't like it when I hear like someone saying something like 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 they'll go to my show and they'll laugh, and then at the end of the show they're like, my my wife is Filipino, that's uh-huh. why you know I'm, I'm here and I got <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. Or uh, I I just find that to be like no, that's not why you're here. Mm-hmm. The show is funny. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if I'm getting a compliment. You know, from from people that aren't Filipinos saying, "Oh my God, my mom is just like your mom," or right, you know, or if I got my my fan base is Latino and white and black, I get so many. I have so many black people. I was on the black comedy circuit for so long, yeah. And it's just like when when people use that, I, I feel like they're. I don't even know how to explain myself right now. No, I, I, I feel like you're you're not being honest. Mm-hmm. That's not a real compliment. I think they're just saying it to say it. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. not why. You laughed. It's not well, yeah. because you're you're dating a Filipino. Right. If you were to come solo, you're gonna laugh. Yeah. If someone were to go to your show, yeah. they're just gonna laugh. Yeah. You don't right? have to quantify like why it it appeals to you. Yeah, it's you not, don't. It's not a requirement. Like our appearance is so limited in like mainstream society that somehow it feels like you need a special requirement to enjoy yeah. our uh, experience. Yeah. And that's not, it, it's not necessary. Yeah, it's you know? not. It's, it's just another way that it sort of race divides us yeah. and makes us think, okay, we can't actually like participate in this culture unless we're part of it. Which is not, I mean, that's not necessarily the case. Yeah. It's so, that's so true. Mm-hmm. And um, so now where can people come see you? You're like always on the road, always touring, always, I want to hear all, like the rundown of where people can find you at. Right now, I, I just started the Just Kidding tour. So it's it's going to be a world tour. Yeah. We started, the first leg was uh, Wendover, California. Mm-hmm. And we're going to end it probably... At uh, the Forum in Los Angeles. Oh, I love it. Yeah. But That's we're going to go to Dubai. Ooh. We're going to Australia. We're doing all the cities in Australia. Mm-hmm. We're doing uh, probably Hong Kong. Oh, yeah, Singapore. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Hawaii again. Oh, yeah, of course. Always. It's it's pretty cool what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. So it's, I'm in a good spot. I'm glad. <laughs> so what are your socials? Where can people look at you? Joe Coy. J-O-K-O-Y. Uh-huh. And then, of course, Netflix specials. I got the yes. two on Netflix. Yes. Thank you. You're my everything. You're (laughs) the best, Margaret. Thanks for coming on today. Thank you. Thank you. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. And now we're going to talk to Ian Harvey, who is somebody you should definitely know about. He's a really great comedian. He's trans. He's really, he's awesome. Taking testosterone or producing it yourself doesn't matter. It actually is true. It makes you think about sex all the time. That is something. Yes, it does. It's, uh, it's true. The dudes are like, that's right. It does. See, see, I told you, I told you. Like relieved. It's true, but we can evolve. We totally can evolve. I was socialized a girl, so I have that girl voice in me. Thank God. Thank God for that voice, because it taught me how to act fucking right. It did. But I now have that testosterone voice that I have, like, these two voices inside me, not competing, but both informing me. 
and I'll be walking down the street. I'll see somebody hot, and I'll, the testosterone voice is like, "Come on, just look at her ass. Just not out loud, not out loud, <laughs> but just look at her. Ass. Come on, just look at her. Ass. Come on, just look at her ass." And like, the girl in me is like, "Stop objectifying her, God." <laughs> And then I'm like, where'd she get those shoes? <laughs> Lucia keeps on trying to bite the microphones. She wants, she has something to say. Because we're talking about her. So she has something to say. So people know your comedy. And uh, you are the first trans comedian that I think I ever met. There's a, there's a bunch now. But at the time when we met... Mm-hmm. I was the only one that I knew. Trans art nowadays, it's just changed so much. You know, now it's in a very different place. You know, it's really interesting. I, I like being able to go in front of an audience and say that I'm trans and not have people clap anymore. Mm-hmm. Our identities have been sort of lifted up by people like you and people like the Soloway siblings and, mm-hmm. you know, Ryan Murphy and Pose and like you. So it's like common. It feels commonplace now. So like mm-hmm. you. So when I go out and talk about trans material, like there's no like applause because I'm so brave, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, which is yeah. really nice. We've seen so much happen in terms of like in trans and entertainment, like the idea of it. Are they going to actually make that one that Scarlett Johansson was supposed to be? I don't the think trans they are. One? I don't think they are. They should, God, they should make that movie. They should totally make that movie. And I mean, first of all, I, I don't, I can't picture ScarJo playing that character. But um, there's so many. We know personally so many great people that could mm-hmm. play that role. Yeah. So yeah, I would love to see that film. And I can't remember the character's name, but they were basically kind of like a a pimp and a sort of a mob boss yeah, kind of it's person. Yeah, very, it's very in interesting. Detroit. I don't remember the story, but it's like. One of those things where we're kind of stepping outside of the way that we looked at trans characters. It just made it very different kind of experience. I mean, you you just did the um, transparent finale. I did, yeah, mm-hmm. I did that, and it was really exciting to see everybody again. That show is so, it's more queer and Jewish than trans. It's mm-hmm. so post-gender before the rest of the world is sort of post-gender yeah. mm-hmm. you go and you see everybody and it's really anybody can be anybody your identity matters but it doesn't at the same time and yeah. if you haven't heard it's a musical mm-hmm. um and faith soloway is an incredible musician yeah, i love her who wrote all these amazing songs and um, that comes out in just a couple of weeks but i also have done like a bunch of other stuff you know when i first came here and i met you i thought oh i'm a comic and i'm gonna go and i'm gonna i'm gonna be a comic i'm gonna do clubs and i have done that but i've also like you know, branched into other things. I'll Mm -hmm. always be a comic first, but starting to act more. I did a play last summer. And writing. Writing. Mm -hmm. Um, I just adapted a book into a TV pitch and went out and sat in front of every TV executive at every major network and Mm -hmm. learned how to do that. I got no's across the board, but I I got to sit down and learn that process. That's something that, you know, I just didn't like, there's all these things that you can do aside from, you know, standing up in front of an audience and telling jokes that I just never sort of dreamed that was possible. And, um, 
and auditioning for trans roles, but also non-trans roles. Yeah, and just like going out for male parts, which is really cool. Yeah. I think that's really yeah. awesome. I'm one of these people that's like, I will try anything. Like, mm-hmm. I am dumb enough to like <laughs> to, to like be simple enough to like just go yeah i think i can do that and i have no I- idea how to great. do something it's like really just approaching it and being like very open to it which is great yeah like there's a, a lot of stuff that i absolutely have not known how to do mm-hmm. and i'm just like i think i can do that and then trying it mm-hmm. and you know eating it at mm-hmm. first and then figuring out how to do it and do it better and um, that's what I felt like last summer doing theater in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I hadn't done theater since the eighth grade. And I yeah. would say the eighth grade, like, I didn't have any lines in the eighth grade. I was in The Hobbit in eighth grade, and I was, like, a goblin. I think oh, I made great. a sound, you oh, know? Oh, that's cute. And then go from that to 30-plus years later and doing a play with a legit director mm-hmm. and legit actors that you cannot let down in a live theater. Yeah. So that was absolutely frightening to me. Yeah. I remember about two weeks into doing it, I called Sarah and said, I think they picked the wrong guy. Oh, no. And she was like, she goes, okay, first of all, I've never heard you talk like yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's not, that's unusual So for it's got to be serious, yeah. hard. But at the same time, like I, I just took it more serious than anything I've ever, I, I've never been tethered to the perfect word doing stand-up comedy. Right. And someone else's words on a script, you have to get it perfect. Yeah. There's no messing around. They yeah. wrote it that way for a particular reason. So I was absolutely frightened. But um, I was lucky enough to have an incredible stage manager who and uh, the production assistant who had me come in early and stay late and learn lines and stuff. And um, what I've learned, this is what I've learned about anything now, is that if you are prepared, mm-hmm. you'll be okay. Yeah. But if I don't prepare Mm -hmm. and I think, oh, yeah, I got this, then I'm going to eat it. Yeah. And that is like that is the basics of like preparation, preparation, preparation. So if I get an audition today Mm -hmm. and my a a date for an audition that's going to happen on Friday, Mm -hmm. I will start today and I will listen to lines and get perfect word by Friday so that like I can be free in the moment. So anyway, yeah. And I probably, you know, this is going to, I'll be mushy for a second. And I've said this to you before, but so others can hear. Like, I don't know if any of this would have happened had it not been for you Mm -hmm. saying, you know, to me, like, oh, come meet me at Largo. Do five minutes. Yeah. Oh, come. I'm going to do this show. Come Mm -hmm. with me. And like making me do time. And um, I just would have never, you know, moving from Maine out here, I just would have never had these opportunities had that not happened. So I'm so grateful. I'm so glad. But it is it is like a chain of events that pull us here. Like for me, you know, it's the same thing happened when I was in San Francisco and and Janine Garofalo was like, yeah, just come to L.A. And I'm like, yeah, but I live in San Francisco. And then she's like, why? (laughs) Oh, okay. You know, and it's like those things are like, I really have to thank that person because they made such a significant change. And I would have never done it if you hadn't gotten the, you know, the other person to go, Hey, do this, you know? So it's good. It's almost like a chain and, and it's really important that you're here and it's great. It's really cool. Like how um, we've all been able to come here and make these lives and, you know, being different in entertainment and really survive and create and, and grow. You know what what I think that people may or may not understand about like you have given so many people opportunities mm-hmm. and really helped elevate people. And then it's like it's kind of like, yes, you have helped elevate people, but it's also up to us mm-hmm. as individual artists to sort of 
not sort of, but very much figure out our own way after we've been elevated in some way, like, okay, now what do you want to do? It's our responsibility. And I remember saying something to you about like how I was afraid to, you know, do this new joke or something like that. And you're like, great, we'll just don't do it. And you won't ever create anything. (laughs) And I was like, (gasps) I was so, um, I, you know, grab my pearls, you know? And after that, I was like, you know what? It just really struck me, you know, that I, I have a responsibility to absolutely just try anything. Mm-hmm. And um, that has stuck with me every time I get scared. I think, great, well, you'll just never create anything. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, damn it. I know. You can't be scared. <laughs> yeah. You can't be scared. Yeah, you just got to do it. But, you know, trying new things and, and doing uh, like things like theater, it's a big risk and it's a big leap of faith, you know, because theater is scary. I actually went to see a play on Saturday. It was so scary because it was a great play. It was really cool. And in the middle of the play, they turned up the lights and somebody goes like from the back, they go, is there a doctor in the house? (laughs) And what happened was an actress in the play had like broken her leg backstage during the play. And then we all had to leave. And it was so scary. Like. It was so weird. I've I've been going to play. Did you at first think it was like part of the play? I thought it was part of the show. And then it wasn't. Everybody thought it was part of the show. Because we're so used to like the wall being broken, that fourth wall. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, we're we're like, this is normal now. That this will step outside of the confines of the structure of like theater. Right, right. And uh, so and we all had to leave the theater and er- nobody wanted to leave. Everybody was like, oh, uh. <laughs> we're like standing outside like, uh, uh. And it was so crazy. Well, also how horrible for the performer. Yeah. It's horrible. That's terrible. Is there a doctor in the I, house? I know. I've never, I've never been in a situation where there was a doctor in the house. I, would, there, I mean, where we needed a doctor in the house. It's so I weird. Re- I remember being on stage in New York last summer and occasionally feeling like a comic mm. and um, like seeking the laughs and having the director give me notes the next morning about how I should not break that wall. Oh, oh like, okay. You're not yeah. there to mug. And to try to right. get laughs, like right. they're not there. You're having an ex- a, a, a moment and a, a time and a, a life outside of them. They're not there. There's a thin line between that world of like that you're in mm-hmm. and being a comic that's an actor and seeking those laughs and yeah. wanting to like sit on them and kind of yeah. smile. And, and that kind of acknowledgement where it's like, you know what's happening. You know, if you're in a play... You have to be in the confines of the play. You yeah, can't yeah. like comment on it, even with your facial expressions or yeah, anything. And, no, but also in the the morning note process, it was so funny. I loved this moment. So I was in a pl- the play with um, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, mm-hmm. and the next morning in the note process, I said, you know, that scene that we did last night, I really had these big feelings come up, and da da da. And he laughed and he said, "Oh, you guys, isn't Ian cute?" He's talking about what it feels like to act. Oh. And instead of like actually talking about notes and adjustments, yeah. like I just like it was a new experience for me. So I was just processing how I felt in the scene. That's cool. <laughs> anyway, but That's it was good. silly. Yeah. That's really cool. I think that what freaks me out about things like this is the responsibility. Once you've at, been asked and say yes, mm-hmm. the responsibility of a character on a TV show or a play or whatever. I say yes to everything. Mm-hmm. So once I say yes, right before I'm about to do it, I always turn to Sarah and go, why'd I say I'd do this? Because <laughs> I'm so freaked out and scared. Yeah, yeah. Not because I don't want to do it, because I want to do it. But mm-hmm. the responsibility of it just frightens the shit out of me. But in a good way, yeah. because it makes me 
absolutely be present and like pull my weight. And yeah, it's like when you put yourself out there, it is taxing on the psyche. Now, where can people find out about you and what you're doing on your socials and everywhere? Yeah, just Ian Harvey, I-A-N-H-A-R-V-I-E. On all the socials, on the Facebooks, on the socials, the Instas, and all that. And you are out and about. You're going to be in the new Transparent uh, musical. I am. Coming out very soon. And looking forward to that. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Come see me do comedy. I'll be at the Lucky Eagle Casino in Rochester, the Laugh Out Loud Comedy Club in San Antonio, uh, the Improv in Washington, D.C., Wise Guys at the Gateway in Salt Lake City, and uh, Club Region Casino in Winnipeg, and the River Cree Resort and Casino in Enoch. But you can find all of my dates and whatever you need to know at margaretcho.com. Never miss an episode of The Margaret Show. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. The Margaret Show is an Erios production with editing by Kat Hong and original music by Garrison Starr. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.